This is your Thursday Fantasy PSA. Remember to take all your Thursday night players out of your flex spot. Thank you, and have a nice week. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Rugby with Pads. This is our week 11 preview show. Time flies. Um, so have you all recovered from last week? It, there were some crazy games and um, yeah, we, we obviously had the Vikings Bills, uh, the Cowboys and Packers going into overtime, some other mad games as well. But even yesterday, uh, so I'm recording this part on Tuesday, so I'm talking about Monday night's game, which is the Commanders versus uh, the Eagles, if you haven't gone back and had a look at it. Take a look. It was a weird game. And um, yeah, the Eagles actually losing against the Commanders. Uh, Taylor Heineke celebrating a penalty. It, it, yeah, he's maybe the most hated man in uh, in Pennsylvania now. And definitely the most hated man in the NFC East. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure if I've still recovered from week 11. Um, I actually did pretty well. I, I won four of my kind of major five uh, matchups. Uh, looking good in League of Record. Looking good in New Beginnings League. Um, not looking so good in Dynasty, but we'll get past that. And uh, you know what? I think we've written off that league. It's yeah, I I just can't predict the play, and I can't make enough moves with um the scarcity of players that we have in that league to make a difference anymore. And that's that's the thing with Dynasty. It's a long long game. I, I'm racking up some picks for next year, and and that's what we're gonna do. And that's what I want to start talk about today. Seamless segue there. I didn't even plan that, but um, I wanted to talk about the kinds of leagues we play in and. The balance between the scarcity available on a market, you know, on the waiver wire, in the trade market, however you want to do, versus playing with super teams. Now, um, just a bit of positive history here. When I started playing fantasy football, we played in an eight-man league with a simple roster. QB, two RBs, two wide receivers, a flex, which is only wide receiver or running back, um, kicker and defense. And tight end, obviously, because I can't forget about tight ends, even though I hate the position. Um, only hate the position and fancy. I appreciate the the play. I think it's they're fantastic. They do everything. Just fancy. I just can't predict it. And um, because it was only eight teams, we all had good players. We all had at least one really good running back, at least one really good wide receiver, at least one really good QB. And, and you go down the route because you can do the way, the way you draft it. It's almost about well, which one do I want to pick first and which one do I want to make really, really good. But because you're not making, in an eight-man league, you're not making a strategic decision um about right well i'm going to punt on quarterback and, and go go late in quarterback to get myself my super elite running back that i need for the season uh, during your drafts it, it balances it all out a little bit and what we found is that the leagues became a bit more random um and so we later on we added a couple more positions and uh since then we've added more people so it's a, now a 10-man league and it feels a lot more balanced Everyone still has a mix of really good players and some people doing it. You know, let's let's take a look at um, that, that team now, actually. And I'll, I'll give you an example of what my team, it, teams in each of these leagues that I'm going to talk about looks like after week 11, after week, you know, going into week 11. So um, if I look at the, um, 
it's the best league by far. For it's it. I, I love that name. Um, I haven't thought of a better league name uh, in any of my others. But yeah, we've, it's QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, wide receiver, running back, kicker and defence. And it, it turns out all right. Um, so I chose to punt on quarterback. So I, I took, well, I didn't really punt on him. I, I got Russell Wilson the seventh when I was set up this league. But I've since given him up, and now my lineup uh, for this next week coming up, and the kind of what I'm expecting to play, I've got Justin Fields at quarterback. I've got CMC, who I drafted in the 102 slot. Miles Sanders, who I got in the fourth. I've got Keenan Allen, who I drafted way too high. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's only come into the thing, so I got him very late. I got him, I think, in the 12th or 13th round because he was suspended for so long. TJ Hawkinson, which I got late, and Aaron Jones, who I think was my second round pickup. Um and then I've got uh, the Cowboys kicker and the Cowboys defense, which I'm really, really happy about. That's worked out really well. So in terms of a, a, an offense, you know, the balance there is 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 interesting because I've got one really elite running back. I've got, well, I, I suppose, two fringe wide receiver ones. I haven't I haven't got a Diggs or a Chase or a Jamal Jefferson, uh, Jamal Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, or a, a Cup or anyone like that. And I've got another good running back. So, you know, I chose to prioritise running back over there. I have got DK in the mix there as well. I managed to get him late as well. And I've picked up some other good players. I've picked up Rondell Moore. Um, I've got James Conner. I've got Michael Thomas on IR, but he's never coming off. So I'm just going to ignore him. So, yeah, it's a balanced league. And compared that to our first year, where I I knew I would have two really good running backs. I knew I'd have two really good wide receivers and a quarterback. It's, It's a much more balanced team. And even if we look at someone else's team, let's let's look at the person who's uh, at the bottom of the league at the moment. Um, that's Tim. Um, and for this, by points for so I've scored um, one thousand and seventy six points. The person in last has scored one thousand and twenty nine. So you know it's a competitive league, you know, because the the points variation isn't that high. And um, even his team looks looks really good, uh, despite you know having. Yeah, it's balanced in that way. So he's chosen to do it slightly different. He's got Aaron Rodgers, who he picked up really late. He got Jonathan Taylor. Um, he hasn't got very good wide receivers, but he's got a really good tight end. He's got Travis Kelsey in the mix. Um, he's also got Joe Burrow, uh, Chris Godwin, and Pat Frymuth. But you know, the rest of the guys are role players. He's got the Kenyon Drakes, the DJ Moores, the Darnell Mooney's, the Daryl Hendersons. So the team balance is is interesting because no two teams are alike and. We've learned over the years that you know changing the kind of scarcity in in that eight man league into a ten man league was enough to give us uh, a bit more balance. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't play in eight man leagues. I also play in another eight man league, but it was making that one work, and that's a beginners league. That's the one I've referenced in the past. Um, so, so a few of you guys listening will be in it as well. Um, that was interesting because we wanted to try out something different. We wanted to create scarcity. By making lineups really big, but also promote um, activity. So uh, in that league, uh, let me have a look at that league here. I'll, I'll go through my lineup as well. Again, going into to week eleven. So um, it's two QB, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, two uh, flexes, which are receiver, um, running back, and tight end uh, option plays. Um, and you've got two kickers because we thought it was funny, and uh, and a defense. So. In this one, you've had to kind of pick, because it's effectively a 2QB league, you have to kind of think, all right, well, I want to to really highlight that position. So I've got not a highlighted player. <laughs> I've got Matt Stafford and Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith. So, yeah, not fantastic on that one. But 
for my running backs, and this has been quite a high um, trade league as well, I've got Austin Eckler and Saquon Barkley, two really, really top-end running backs. I think at one point they were running one and two for the season as well. Uh, wide receiver, I've got AJ Brown. Um, I've got some people on IR and what have you as well. I've also got Deontay Johnson and Brandon Ayuk. So those were positions I kind of middled out a bit. But I have got Travis Kelsey and Pat Frymuth, two, two of the you know higher-end uh, tight ends as well. I've also got Darren Waller on, the, on IR and Zach Ertz. So my team is bashed up at the moment. And I also have Javante Williams also bashed up. So he would have been a, a high draft pick for me as well. So you can see how there, even in an eight-man league, you can create scarcity. And if I go to the waiver wire now, I go to our players, you know, the, the kind of players that you're looking at, QB, the best option you've got is Jared Goff. Well, that's, that's a nice little option there. The best options you've got in uh, in running back world are Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin, who I think got released, which is so weird. Yeah, I think he got released. Um, yeah, he's been waived by, by them. Maybe there's something else going on there, but James Connor's come back and he's he's uh, he's been really good. So that's that's something. Uh, wide receiver, the top option is Cortland Sutton, who I threw away because he's not done me any good. At tight end, the top options you've got are people like John Johnson. So even though you've got a really tight pool here, you've created scarcity and there are still players who are worthwhile picking up on the waiver wire, but not necessarily players that you can hang your hat on each week, knowing you're going to get a really good starter each week. Now, if you contrast that to to a league where I'm in, where it's a, it's a 12-man league, and I'm going to pick on the Megala Bowl, um, for this year so in the mega bowl i draft I, I've, I've spoken about this a lot i drafted late uh it, it, i drafted 10th and it didn't work out particularly well for me my first five weeks were just terrible i just kept losing losing and losing i'm a bit more competitive now but it's uh it's one qb two running backs three wide receivers tight end uh and two flex positions as well as a defense as well no kickers so for my for my starters uh i've got quarterback jimmy garoppolo again i picked him off of the waivers i think maybe i'll trade it for him I've got Najee, Devontae, uh, Deontay Foreman, but I've also got kind of Gus Bus on, on there as well. I, I, I went high on Anthony um, Gibson because I thought he would come good this year, but yeah, that's a thing I got wrong. I've got D Hop, uh, Alan Robinson, um, Nico Collins, no, and Travis Kelsey. And the other players are DeRondre Swift and Miles Sanders. So you can see the difference in, in makeup here because I've got one really good wide receiver. I've got yeah, two or three good running backs. I've got a waiver wire fodder QB and I've got a really good tight end. So I've had to make the difference there. But what I'm having to do is play people that you wouldn't play in those other leagues. And that's the difference between these these larger leagues because you end up playing role players. You end up playing people like Alan Robinson, who is definitely the wide receiver two there, even though we thought he could be a wide receiver one. Yeah, maybe with Cooper Cup out, he, he is much better. We don't know. Um, but I've got to play Nico Collins. I've got to play Deontay Foreman, who I picked up off the waiver wire because there is that level of scarcity. And again, if I look at the, the waiver wire pickups for, for this week at QB, the, the best option is Mariota because all of the, the talent pool has gone there. Uh, the best uh, running back is uh, some RJP Ryan. Um, we've got, I don't even know who that is, uh, KJ Hamler, who's out at the moment at wide receiver because it's yeah, it's a PPR league. You need to go after that. Fabian Moreau, is Fabian Moreau? Uh, Foster Moreau, sorry, not Fabio Moreau. Fabio Moreau sounds like a character out of um, uh, Sherlock Holmes. But uh, yeah, the, the the league is very different, and it's it's horses for courses. I th- I think. I mean, the, there's the age old kind of joke in an eight man league. You know, oh, it's a it's a league for wusses. Um, and if you ever watch the league, um, look at Rafi's comments about that about moving to a twelve man league. You know, uh, that's uh, I'll, I'll try and 
find the uh, the clip and um, put it on on socials. But yeah, a typical eight man league is is a bit. It can be easy, but it's a bit more luck based. It's just yeah, you play it for fun. A ten man league, I think we've shown here, strikes a bit more balance there, and I think it's competitive enough that there are enough people on the waiver wire that you can get away with it. And you can still put out, you know, RB2s and RB3s from the waiver wire if, if you really need to, if you're stuck for a week. So you're never really too broken down by by weeks and what have you. In a 12-man league, it starts to shift the other way. And, and sometimes people call it the gold standard because you have to play players who are a bit deeper and you have to know. But really, I'm playing in a competitive league in that one. Um, it's not because I wanted to, uh, you know, because I wanted to stretch my, my brain a little bit. And that's why I'm playing in that. So it's horses for course in the fact that if you're looking for just a good time and, and to root for some good players, play an eight-man league with your friends. That's fine. If you're looking for a bit more competition and to be fair, um, and just play around with waivers, 10-man leagues work great. If you're looking for um, a league where you have to trade to make it work, 12, 14-man leagues are brilliant for that. Um, and you know, what we've done is I've experimented this, this year with that scarcity side of things. Um, and forcing people to make roster changes now eight-man league it's actually quite a shallow bench and quite a shallow ir spot for how many players you have to play each week so you really have to think you have to drop players and you have to trade and with that we've promoted loads and loads of trading i think it's benefited from being a beginner's league so people want to trade as well to get involved it's fun to trade i've, I've done a whole episode about that but um it's made it really interesting uh and People do see rotation. I, I've picked up, you know, top players like Darren Waller and Najee Harris, or people who who have to get rid of them to make their lineups work, and and that's that for me is quite interesting. So again, it's it's horses, of course. Is you're playing the kind of league that you, you want to play. But what I'll, I'll I'll set out is is a kind of bit of a final thought that if you're coming in thinking, oh, I want to try out fancy football, but I don't know what kind of league to start or, or to play in, I would always recommend your first year. Stick with stick with one. Go down the middle. Go play for a 10-man league because you'll experience the best of both worlds. But if you want to experience every type of thing that fantasy football teaches you, and this is what I'm, go- I'm going to do next year, I'm going to strip it back to three leagues. I'm going to play in my eight-man league with, with uh, a little bit of scarcity in there because I think that's interesting. I think that's almost experimental. Let's, let's see what we can do with this because I think we've almost found a format that, that we like. It Yeah, it's a standard two QB league with some extra stuff, but it's a format and style that we like and it keeps it very personal and that's something that I really enjoy. I, I haven't enjoyed the Mega Bowl this year, the 12-man league. It's, it's not been as fun. Um, I will always stick with my, my league of record. That 10-man, it, it has evolved. It has come good yeah, and I, I'm really enjoying it. And I'll be starting a 12-man league next year with the best of both worlds. Maybe not quite make it quite as deep as that. Because in our dynasty league, so the thing I didn't speak about, dynasty league is 10-man, but with huge rosters. You can't find anyone the way of wire. You have to trade. And that's the idea of dynasty. So I will be continuing playing that. So I would always say, maybe play in a 10 or a 12-man dynasty league as well. Because then you get to experience a completely different side of fantasy football that really, really contrasts with that those 8 and 10-man leagues as well. So yeah, that's, that's my final thought of the day. Um, it, it started off as a bit of a rant about scarcity versus super teams. And I, you know, I think ultimately I don't like playing a super team each week. I like playing some deeper players because that's that's what I kind of like doing. I like I lo- like looking at the, the hidden gems, the sleepers and what have you. But if you like playing with super teams, go play with it. There's no wrong way to look at it. But um, if you do want to experience the full spectrum of what fantasy has to offer, three leagues, those different types of leagues are, are, are really 
uh, what I would recommend. And um, as I said, it's what I'm going to be trying out next year. So if you're interested to see how that goes along, listen on into 2023. Right, uh, that's the the ranty segment going on. Finished then. So we'll we'll jump into our uh, interesting players, our, our our focus players, our boom bust players. I'm not sure what to call it yet. I'm, I might work it out after I've hosted this. But uh, we'll get on into that, and then we'll have a look at our opponents. So you guys will experience a two-second break. I've experienced a two-day break. Uh, so I'm coming back uh, for a second session to uh, record the remainder of the podcast. And um, yeah, I've, I've kind of thought of a bit of a theme for our interesting players segment. And I'm going to be looking at contrasting fortunes. So looking at players in similar situations and seeing how they might fare very differently based on that. So without further ado, we'll start off in the early slate of games. I'm not going to cover every game in, in minute detail, but I do think you know, kind of having a bit of an order to it makes a, makes a bit of sense. So the, the Thursday night Thursday night game. So tonight, um, if you're listening to this as it comes out, we've got Tennessee versus Green Bay. And I think we've got some interesting contrasting fortunes here, uh, just inside this game as well. Um, there's been a lot of talk this week around Christian Watson. Uh, he had a bit of a breakout last week. I think he, he scored scored twice, maybe. Um, but he, he yeah, you know, either way, he was probably the number one, number two waiver wire pickup this week. And um, yeah, it was a lot of hype around it, but he came good. It, it, it did, feel, but it did feel like um, a bit of a smash and grab game last week. I think it was something that surprised the Cowboys, and I don't think this week the Tennessee Titans are going to be quite a surprise. There's, there's quite a bit more film on the on uh, Christian Watson now, so they can plan for him. I don't think he's as elite an athlete as some of the other people they've played with, and. Tennessee have relied upon a really strong defense, and you know, when with everything else around them, they've had to rely on a really strong defense. So my thought is that he could be coming back down to earth with a bit of a crash. I think he might have been a bit of a flash in the pan in this game. But on the other side, I do think we'll see the opposite fortune for Derek Henry. Derek Henry, I, I predicted, would have a bit of a a down week last week. Um, so even though he's a super player, I kind of feel okay talking about him this week. But um, yeah, I think we're due for a Henry bounce back week. The uh, the Green Bay Packers defense played out of their skin last week. Um, I, I think it has to be said, but I think the Cowboys definitely played down to them. I, I think this week you're going to see Henry be, be his own. The, the Packers aren't known for their run defense this year. I think we're going to see a very dominant game and it's going to play into the hands of the game script for Tennessee because Green Bay are going to have to throw it and I think they're going to see a couple of interceptions as well because of that strong defence as well. So yeah, I think on the face of it, we're looking at two contrasting fortunes in coaches as well. Mike Frabel has done well enough with probably one of the least talented teams um, or, or squads out of there. And uh, on the other side, the GM, um, is it Brian Gudekunst, um over uh, in Green Bay, um, along with uh, Lafleur, haven't done enough to support Aaron Rodgers, who can, and I think he showed last week, can play at his MVP level. So, uh, yeah, very contrasting fortunes in the the early game this week. But moving on into uh, on Sunday, where we've got most of our action, let's, let's continue the hype train uh, and, and let's look at someone who 
um let's have a contrasting fortune i i think it's more of a yeah let, let's let it ride i just want to talk about this player because he's just been fantastic and it's cole Komet. um i think he's got a really good lineup ahead of him um the chicago have, have relied upon him in the passing game he has become open because he's good at scheming himself out there and i think it's a really good matchup it, it, it juxtaposes what atlanta do with yeah and it is a contrasting fortune for kyle uh pitts who is it's weird cole commit is a blocking tight end who's been fantastic in the receiving game and kyle pitts is a receiving tight end who's been used relentlessly in the blocking game because they can't abandon the run because Mariota is limited in what he can do. Um, I would hope to see Desmond Ridder sometime soon, but we shall see. But yeah, I think on, on this one, the contrasting fortunes are at tight end. We've, we've got someone who's underdrafted in Komet, who's playing well, and someone who's overdrafted in Pitts, who is definitely not playing well. Moving forward as well, we've got we, let's let's jump to the AFC East, and uh, I'll pick on two games here. We've got Buffalo going up against um, Cleveland. It's in Buffalo. Josh Allen is going to be on the warpath. I think the last few weeks we haven't seen peak Josh Allen. He's been great for fantasy, but he hasn't been great in real life. Um, two losses in the last three weeks. It, he has these crazy spells where he's he just relapses into old Josh Allen, twenty eighteen Josh Allen, or whenever he was drafted rookie Josh Allen, where he just has these weird plays where he just just throws it directly at a defender. Patrick Peterson did very well to to read it last week and. I'm not going to take anything away from that performance of the Vikings, but Josh Allen can be his own worst enemy sometimes. But I think his three-week crazy spell has finished. He's going to be on the warpath. He's going to want to to beat up on the on the Browns. Who the Browns need a win before Deshaun comes back. I think this. I think this is last week before Deshaun comes back. So I think they have the Texans next week, which will be an interesting game. They want to try and get close to 500 to make it uh, competitive uh, over there in the AFC North. But uh, I don't think they're going to. And I think what we'll see is uh, Buffalo take back the AFC East um, lead with a vengeance. Um, and you know, the another AFC East quarterback that we've got, who I don't think is going to have very good fortunes at all, is uh, is Mac Jones. He's going up against a very, very good defense in New York, in the New York Jets. Um, I... I, I don't, don't see anything else good happening in that game, full stop, because both sides have limited receiver options both sides have good running games so I think we're going to see a very much a heavy running game from both sides I, I think New England could even win this game but I don't think Mac Jones is going to do anything good and I don't think we expect it from him either so um yeah a bit of contrasting fortunes there and uh with with Josh Allen you know surging back to success and Mac Jones being on the bubble of maybe even losing his spot um I know they've got quite a lot of high draft capital and he has got the talent in there but Bailey Zappi is uh, is knocking that door if they want to keep uh, keep that winning mentality in there. Right, let's move on into wide receivers, wide receivers with contrasting fortunes, and we'll we'll start with we'll start with Alan Robinson. I'm not going to say you play him this week. I'm not going to say you don't play him this week. I, it's weird. Even though he's been around all season, we it feels like we haven't seen enough of Alan Robinson because the Rams' offense has been so heavily swung towards. Um, getting Cooper Cup open and trick plays with Ben Skronik. That, that's been the, the offense. Um, we've had Matt Stafford have a rest, but they're banged up. They can't run it. It's it's really sad watching them each week. I, I feel beaten up by this. But we're going up against New Orleans, who 
I think are badly coached, even in defence, even with a defensive-minded head coach, they're badly coached. And Alan Robinson could go either way, and I'm going to put him on the bubble. He could really take the the target share that we've seen from Cooper Cup and, and any Cooper Cup owners will be rejoicing afterwards. Or he might not might get less because the reason he was getting open for the few targets that he was was because Cooper Cup was so heavily um, uh, heavily targeted by the defence. So yeah, I'm not sure what, what it's going to be, but the contrasting fortunes with Cooper Cup, who I think sadly we've probably seen the last of him uh, this season, and uh, Anna Robinson, who might get that bump. Maybe he's going to reward um, his fantasy owners. We don't know. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see this week. But I, I do suspect there might be some interesting... There's always some interesting stuff going on when it's uh, it's New Orleans versus LA. Um, and uh, I, don't, I don't think this, this year it'll be a rule change as it was back in, what, 2019. Um, but uh, hopefully we could get some some drama. And uh, you know what? I'd just like to see the Rams win. Please, please, please. Um, sticking with wide receiver, I'm going to put in Darius Slayton. I've already talked about him in the waiver wire column, but he is my sleeper wide receiver this week. He's, he's still so, so available, even after the waiver wire window um, is, is, has been closed. Go get him if you can. Um, he has... What I think the other wide receiver I'm going to talk about doesn't have, he's got consistency in quarterback. Yes, he's not a good quarterback. Danny Dimes doesn't throw it that much. When he does, he hyper-targets people. But maybe that's because of scheme rather than because of Danny Dimes because you know, Brian Dable knows his his capabilities. He knows what he can and can't do. Darius Slayton is the number one in there. I'm putting it in there and I'm standing on that hill. Um, obviously, it's going to be number one behind a running offense, which is Danny Dimes. Uh, Matt Breed has been even in there, and obviously Saquon Barkley. But he's going to be uh, my yeah. He could even be be a start of the week. I'll look look at this and think about whether he's going to be a start of the week or not. But maybe um, on the other side, you've got DJ Moore. DJ Moore, who was so highly drafted this year, and he always has been. He's he's so consistent. You think PPR God, he he's going to get in the end zone. His problem is he's lacking consistency in QB. I think this week we're going to see Baker. Last week we saw PJ Walker come out and it could be Sam Darnold even because of the contract. Thing. Oh, it's, it's so weird. He's just not going to get the consistency in quarterback play. And I think because of that, you can't realistically rely on him as what he should be, a wide receiver one in fantasy. Um, it's just not something that I particularly like the look of or, yeah, I, you just can't get it. Those quarterbacks and wide receivers pair up, uh, and in this instance, the pairing isn't great. So, yeah, contrasting fortunes for for all of them. Yeah, you know, for Alan Robinson, Darius Slay, uh, sorry, Darius Slayton, and uh, uh, and DJ Moore, who uh, I don't think is is going to see uh, a good game this week when he's going against Baltimore, who will shorten the game massively. I don't think he's going to get enough chances. He, he might get one or two splash plays, but you you bought him to be a PPR monster. You didn't buy him to be that splash play guy. And uh, that's going to be a very difficult one um, to uh, to start with any kind of confidence. So a bit of inside baseball for you here. Um, this is actually the third time I'm having to record this because my system setup on the fly is not behaving itself. But uh, regardless, let's carry on and, uh, and see what we can do uh, here. So um, let's carry on with what I think is probably going to be the worst game of the week, actually. Washington versus Houston. Um, and the contrasting 
fortunes here I've got is it running back. Um, I think without any qualms, you can start Damian Pierce week in, week out, even though they're a bad team. You can make sure that you line him up and he's going to get volume. I think volume is key at running back. On the other side of things, you've got a bad team in Washington Commanders. And yeah, I know they got the win last week, but that was fluke more than anything. And you've got two running backs who you cannot guarantee. I don't know why they don't like Antonio Gibson. Everything I see of him on tape, on film, um, he looks great. And even in the stat lines, he's he's pretty good. But they love Robinson. And Robinson last week got the volume, but Gibson got the points. So is are they using Robinson between the 20s, Gibson elsewhere? I don't really get it. Um, but I think what we can say is whilst the split is uneasy, we should avoid them like the plague. And uh, yeah, when neither of them are getting the volume they really truly deserve, that's when you need to avoid them. Right, moving on to quarterback. And I think we've got two very evenly um, evenly comparable quarterbacks here. We'll start off with Derek Carr. Um, he has had a tough time of it. Um, I'm not sure whether it's coaching. I'm not sure whether it's him just regressing. I'm not sure whether he can really get it. He's lost a lot of weapons. And um, this week he, he lost uh, Darren Waller and uh, Third and Renfro. And I don't think that spells anything good for their fortunes. Yes, Vegas have been... In their seven losses, they've been in one score losses for six of them outside of the blow up um, when they had uh, they lost 24 to nothing against New Orleans. But Derek Carr has not been performing at a great level. And I don't think he's someone you can rely on in fantasy. And this week he goes up, up against an in-division opponent in Denver. That's a good defense um, because they've got more wins somehow and they're a rubbish team. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I I like Derek Carr a lot and I don't think he's getting the support around him. Whereas on the other hand, Kirk Cousins, another veteran quarterback, similar style of play, game manager plus, he is getting the support he needs and you ride him. You ride him all the way to the finish line. And uh, funny enough, I've got a matchup where I'm playing Kirk, that my opponent's playing Derek Carr. I think I'm coming out good here and I'm going to predict I, I am. Um, he's up against Trayvon Diggs, up against the Cowboys defense, who are pretty good, but... The Vikings are pretty good, and they have three weapons who I think you need to be afraid of. Maybe four. Um, they've obviously got Justin Jefferson, who I think is going to be probably covered by a combination of Trayvon Diggs and safety, but that frees up Thielen and KJ Osborne. Um, and of course, Hawkinson, who is I think, been the maybe the final piece that they were looking for, similar to how San Francisco were looking for that final piece. I think Hawkinson could be the, that, and I think it was a very good trade for them if he is. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a great game and you can trust in him and, yeah, ride him to the playoffs, hopefully. And finally, we're going to talk about skill groups, um, two skill groups in particular. So getting towards the, the late night games, we've got Sunday night football. It's Kansas City versus Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to pick on the KC run game. And yes, you can run on the Chargers because they're beat up. But I'm not sure if you can be rely, you can rely on who it's going to be. Um Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the, the cherry on top that they he just fell off last week. Um, I mentioned it already, but it was four snaps, two targets, zero points. Mm, tough. Um, but the rest of them, no one can decide who's good or bad. Is it is it Pacheco? Is it is it McKinnon? Is it someone else who they're going to throw in? Is it going to be Tony who who they're going to be using more in the backfield as that decoy? Are they just going to you know commit to the pass because Mahomes is good enough to do that? Maybe. Um, but I think when you can't really decipher who's good or bad in there from just kind of watching the game, 
you can't rely on any of them for fantasy as well. And I am selling my stocks in the Kansas City run game where I can, even though I think they have a good match on paper this week. And we'll finish off with the Monday night game, San Francisco versus the Arizona Cardinals, an NFC West divisional game. Uh, I think San Francisco are going to run riot on this game, but it's because of their skill players. And that is a big... Yeah, I'm going to say their four key skill players are going to be great. Everyone thought that Elijah Mitchell coming in would damage CMC's efforts. But, you know, you protect CMC. You use him for those big, splashy plays. Um, Elijah Mitchell will get the volume. CMC will be the third down back. And, you know, he will get volume as well because it's it's a one-two punch. And I think both of them elevate Ayuk into being the, the stretch play guy. And because Ayuk's someone you have to pay attention to, Debo's someone you have to pay attention to as well. So I think their their makeup is fantastic. And I think they could make a really late push with Jimmy G being just good enough for an NFC title game. Um, I think we could see that happening realistically. I, I think it might be, um, yeah, depending on how the chips fall, San Francisco and Minnesota, not not the, the Eagles. The Eagles, who I think have shown some vulnerability in certain places, going for the NFC title game. Maybe that will sour pretty quickly when uh, all of my um, predictions fall flat on their face later on this week, but we'll see. So let's uh, let's review. Let's look at the bad players first. Um, I've got Christian Watson in my bad books. I think it's just a bit of a flash in the pan. Kyle Pitts, because it's easy to pick on Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Mac Jones, um, DJ Moore. I just can't see him getting the consistency. I love him as a player, but he's just not getting the, the quarterback play. Derek Carr is up against a really tough opposition and the Kansas City run game, until they can decide who's their number one, no one is worthwhile looking at. On the bubble, you've got uh, players like Alan Robinson. I, th- I think he could get a bump. Um, I keep an eye on Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson as well. It splits uneasy, but if one of them jumps out, I think it could be Brian Robinson who's the one who jumps out, and I'm glad I've got a couple of shares in him there. But I think it's worthwhile just having a look there and you know, I, you can maybe use them as flex plays. Maybe maybe we'll uh, treat them as that. And finally, we've got the great players. I'm talking. I'm, there are some obvious ones here, <laughs> to be fair. So maybe I'm cheating a little bit. But we've got Derek Henry with a bounce back. Cole Komet, Josh Allen back on the warpath. Darius Slayton, who is going to be my sleeper hit of the week. Yeah, he, he's going to be my start of the week. I'm gonna gonna go all in, all the chips in on him. Um, we've got Damian Pierce because the volume. And uh, we've got Kirk Cousins, uh, Mr. Closer. I think he's he's going to have a great game this week. And of course, my big uh, prediction, all of the San Francisco skill players to get theirs this week. So that's your lot. Right, we'll, um, we'll move on into our opponent segments and then close out and let you guys get on with your day. Right, so who are we running the gauntlet again this week? Um, yeah, l- last week turned around some of my fortunes in a couple of leagues, which I'm really happy with. Um, Dynasty will get on to perhaps maybe a, a lost cause, but a, uh, a lesson in humility for for me uh, potentially. But uh, we'll, we'll jump through and uh, and tell you what's happening in each of my games this week. So in our league of record, our newly renamed home league, uh, best league by far, uh, run by my good friend John. I'm going up against Tim, a familiar opponent um, years past who has always caused me trouble. I'm at six of four. I need. I think I need one win to secure a playoff berth. So maybe this could be the week. But I'm going against Tim, who on paper, he should be easy to beat. He's two and eight, but he's been incredibly lucky. I'm just going to say that straight up. He's got the second highest points against himself. He's also outscored the four people above him. 
So by rights, he should be in the playoff race. Um, he's just not. He got unlucky with Jonathan Taylor as his number one pick early on. General injuries, but even now, it, it's not a great squad. And he hasn't really managed to take advantage of being low on the waiver wire um, to, to pivot. So we've got the key matchups we've got. is I've got Fields, he's got Rodgers, NFC North. I'm taking Fields every day here. I just feel like, based on everything I've said, Thus far, this episode feels has feels like the better play, uh, and, and based on recent uh, performances, the running uh, ability that he's got just is going to give me some more points. Hopefully, um, I've got CMC and Sanders. He's against Daryl Henderson and Jonathan Taylor. Two two really good players versus two middling players. I think I'd probably get the edge Sanders over Henderson there. Um, where I do jump out in the lead here is wide receiver. I've got Allen and D-Hop. Um, he has got Mooney and Judy. Uh, Judy, who I think is only questionable to return this week. Um, and at tight end, it's closer than you think. Uh, I've got Hawkinson, who I really, really like. But he's got Kelsey, who is basically a wide receiver. I think I'll win this one. But it won't be easy. I, I think it won't be without controversy in some areas or, or something crazy happening. And uh, we've both got a couple of players in the late window, so might might need to rely on a Monday Night Miracle. Um, I think, I, yeah, as I said, I only one win to secure playoffs, which I think this could be. And if I do, you know what, I'll, I'll shift around my schedule a little bit. And because some of you guys might have secured playoff berths as well. If I do, next week I'll talk about playoff planning. Um, so how about we make that bet? If not, I'll keep it as a prize what we're going to do. Um Right, differing fortunes. Dynasty, I think the less said about this, but better. I'm also up against him, uh, a very familiar opponent. He's focused on this league more. He's 2-8 and eight in one league. He's 6-4 and four in this league. And he's in the driving spot for a playoff push. Our conference, so, so we have this split into two conferences, is rubbish. Uh, <laughs> so I think you are probably only need seven wins to secure a playoff spot in this league. Yeah, it's a weird one. In the other division, um, I think you probably need nine to to get in. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Um, at the moment, I, I'm looking like I'm going to win, but he's got no player set up. So my only chance is if he forgets to set the lineup, I really hope that's going to happen. Um, Dynasty League has not gone well for me this year. I, I've traded away some key players to get some picks for next. I'm, I'm hopeful. I've got a couple of things, irons in the fire, but you know, it's not going to happen for me this year. I want to try and avoid the toilet bowl, but that's it, really. Uh, that, that that's uh, the pride that I've got at stake here. Um, you know, it's it's gotten so bad that I'm even getting roasted by John, who writes our power rankings, uh, likening my team to the Rams, um, i.e., nothing to play for this year. But finally, I do have some good news in our New Beginnings League. Uh, New Beginnings League was was uh, set up with a bunch of guys who haven't played before, a couple of guys who have, and a couple of guys who haven't played together before. Um, I'm going 7-3 against um, a very, not, not a very familiar foe in uh, um, in fantasy, but a familiar foe in real life. It sounds like I hate him. No, Jack, I've known him for nearly 30 years now, but uh, he's he's just in the playoff pit picture at 5-5, five and five, so I'm, t- I'm two games on him at the moment. Um, Jack's got a weird squad. He's uh, had the most wins per point scored, which I don't think is a good thing, which means, I think it indicates that He's either doing very close, narrow wins or epic capitulations and beatdowns that he's on the receiving end of. Um, I've got a few on buys this week. I'm missing out on my Seahawks, which is disappointing because they've been a staple of my side. It's a 2QB league, so I'm I'm really missing 
um, having Gina on my side. So I've had to go into the the depths of um, of the wave wire. Uh, I ended up picking Matty Ice and then pivoting Matty Ice because he wasn't available. Like someone, someone was available, someone was dropped. I pivoted to Jared Goff. So guys, you know, don't give up. Use the wave wire. You know, check it every day. There might be someone good um, out there who someone else has had uh, had the oversight to drop. Um, I also picked up Deontay Johnson this week as well, which I think you know speaks to the fact that what we spoke about at the start of this episode, scarcity breeding, good movement in the league, and, uh, and you need to freshen your lineup each week as well. So what it ends up being is I've got Kirk and Goff. So um, yeah, got a very NFC North heavy, and he's got Derek Carr and uh, Mariota. Um, Carr, I don't think is, is going to be great. Mariota is a wild card. I think I win that battle. Um, I definitely win uh, at running back. Um, I've got Eckler and Barkley. He's got Gibson and Aaron Jones. Yeah, I think I win those. So I win those two position battles. But a wide receiver, he's got C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson, which is very scary because uh, I've lost out DK this week, who I think would be a, a foil to Lamb at the very least. But uh, I've got Ayuk and Deontay. It's PPR, so yeah, I, I know I sp- spoke about the San Francisco skill players all being great picks pickups this week but the volume gets spread around either way so there's less receptions for him but Deontay Johnson I'm very happy with that pickup and I think he could be um good kind of streaky player but talking streaky player I think his secret source may actually be his defense he's got the Pats who either have these great games and they're going against the Jets so I could see there being a pick six or two in his future um you know what there's big wins for me at QB and running back but it's PPR which means those wide receivers make a difference a win would take me top, but I think the way this league has gone and everyone's kept so close, there's, there's like four people on four and six. It's it's a weird league. Um, been brilliant, really competitive, but it means that no one is safe yet. I think really I need two wins, two or three wins to to keep me up. It's a it's a late run. Um, because it's only an eight man league. It's a late run. Uh, start to the playoffs, so you probably need that extra half a win to to get through. But yeah, if it could take me top, I'd be really happy. But the way this is this going, I think I'm going to get drawn back into the pack. And uh, and I think Jack may end up winning a game on me. But on paper, I should win. Oh, I can't guarantee it though. But um, yeah, guys, that's your lot this week. Thank you very much for listening uh, on to this. Um, whether you're listening on a Thursday, hopefully you're, you're listening in time to, to get some um, little tips for, for Thursday night. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting game in Tennessee. Sorry, in Green Bay, sorry. Um, I think Tennessee are probably going to come out top, but we we could see some some you know garbage time points helping you out as well and setting your team up to win on Sunday. Obviously, Sunday where all the action is, I think there's a lot. If it can be anywhere close to as exciting as it was last week, then you know, bravo NFL, you you've created a great product there. Um, and uh, I think even Monday night game, I think this this is a really good slate of games. We've we've got some really good. Um, primetime games and we've got some good games in the middle so yeah i think, I think we're in for an exciting weekend but i do hope you enjoy it um don't forget to set your lineups uh take your um thursday night players out of your flex spots i said at the start and i'll say it at the end um really important because um one, one of my friend ed came up a cropper last week in, in doing that and he ended up having to to play some players he really didn't want to and i think he ended up losing that match as well um correct me if i'm wrong ed but uh, find me on socials at Rugby With Pads, Instagram, Twitter. You can email me um, rugbyatpads at gmail.com as well. But thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it so much. And I'll see you next week. But before then, I will see you on the virtual gridiron.